Ooh, that could have been bad. One church values. And this morning we're talking about prayer. And prayer seems like one of those, like, duh, that should be something a church values. But uh, I want to unpack it a little bit more because I think, I don't think, I know from years of being in ministry and years of just being a believer, that prayer is one of these things that people struggle with a lot. Um, and I'm going to unpack what the struggle is and I th- why I think what causes the struggle in a lot, of ta- a lot of times. Because I have a solution. I have an idea of how to fix the problem. But uh, we've been talking over the last couple of weeks um, about the values of one church. We talked about community and how we value the community that God has placed us in. We are here for such a time as this. It is not an accident that one church is in Carlisle and in Redverse and online at this time. And we just, part of the journey of a church is figuring out why? Why are we here? What is the need that we need to fill beyond the spiritual need? There's always something else that we offer that nobody else can. So we value our community. We want to be a part of our community. And we, want, we believe that our community is better because we're here. We value family. We value biblical teaching, as we talked about last week. And so this week, we're talking about prayer. And one of the things I've started to notice is how all of these things are so closely intertwined. We value family, and we value biblical teaching, and we believe the Bible teaches our best methods of how to be a strong, healthy family. And when I say healthy family, I mean emotionally healthy, spiritually healthy, mentally healthy, because there's a lot of opportunity to be unhealthy in the family unit. And so we as a church want to offer all of the best ways to have a healthy family And we believe that all of those answers are found in Scripture. And this morning as we talk about prayer, um, I'm going to invite you into a prayer practice at the end of the sermon. And it's all about growing in this gift, growing in this discipline of prayer, but it's also about the the opportunity to help others grow. More importantly, for those of you that are parents... One of the toughest things as parents is teaching your kid to pray. So what if I said, I have an idea of how you get to grow in your prayer life and you get to teach your kids how to pray right alongside with you. Ooh, that sounds good. Okay, anyways, before I get too far ahead of myself, um, oh no, don't do that. Um, I want to start off by asking the question, what is prayer? Last week we talked about what is truth, what is prayer? And this is the definition given by the Lexham Bible Dictionary. This is a group that I use a lot. Uh, Communication with God. You stop right there. We all get that part, right? Prayer is simply communication with God, primarily offered in the second voice. So you talking directly to God, you don't talk in the third person. You know, Matt prays to God. Nope, that's not how prayer works. I address God. And God addresses me. God talks back to me, and I need to have ears to hear um, what he wants to say back to me. This may include petition, which is often what, how we pray, but it also is entreaty, supplication, thanksgiving, praise, hymns, and lament. And there's two big things I want to point out out of that definition. Number one, it is with God. And I've had a few conversations recently about what is prayer and who do we pray to. And if you haven't been a part of those conversations, don't worry about this. But for those of you that I have, I'm laying it right there. Prayer is with God, period. 
and God and God alone. And there's some thought out there that prayer goes to somebody else. Now, mm, access denied. Prayer is with God and God alone. And when I say God, I mean all three members of the Godhead. So God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we pray to God and we talk to people. But prayer is talking is a lot of the, they feel very similar, or at least they should feel very similar. Because what the definition didn't say is it's talking at God. It's not communicating at God, it's communicating with. Communication is actually comes from a Latin word, which means to share or to be in relationship with. And that, that is a big important thing, is that when we come to pray, it's not us talking all the time. But I feel like that's how we approach prayer very often. So many times I've talked to new believers and say, I'm just talking to the wall. Well, why? Because the wall doesn't talk back. Well, because that's not what prayer is. Prayer isn't you doing all the talking, laying it all out. Here's all my problems, and then just walking away. Prayer is going to God, talking to Him about what's going on, and then actually getting an answer back. And that takes time. That takes discipline. And often, we talked about this back in January, often one of the problems is we've never either taken the time to hear God talk to us back, or we've never actually been taught how to hear God. And so we don't listen. We just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And I just think of any relationship in our lives. If you're married, or your friends, or with your parents, or with your kids, if you do all the talking, your relationship's going to have issues. Because guess what? The other person has something to say. They would like to be a part of the conversation. Now, I say that, and that's not to say that that's what happens all the time. Been married long enough that there are seasons, there are moments in my marriage where I need to not talk. My wife needs to talk. She needs to get stuff off of her chest. She needs to process some emotions she's feeling. She needs to, so I need to shut up and hold her until it's all better. And there are moments in our relationship with God that that is appropriate, where we go to God because we're hurting or we're struggling, and we're just saying, God, here's everything that's going on, and God just holds us, and he listens, and he loves on us, and he makes it all better. But if that's all the relationship with God ever is, it's never going to grow. Because there has to be moments as we pray, as we come into God's presence, where we make space for God to talk back. So what if we've never been taught how to pray? Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, In the next little while, I have been given the green light. For some, I've talked about it a little bit. I'm in this mentoring church renewal program. One of the things that they offer is the ability to teach a Hearing God seminar. It's six weeks long. And it's very, it's not me talking the whole time and you walk out, you go home and try to figure it all out. It's half talking, half putting everything that we've talked about into practice. Because that's the way it's going to get stuck in us, is that prayer is actually something that needs to be practiced. So if that is something you'd be interested in, if you would like to take part in a Hearing God seminar, Please come find me after service. I will collect all of the names. And you're like, well, why don't we just do this as part of Sunday morning? Because there's not enough time to practice in Sunday morning. And you might miss the odd Sunday. But if you commit to this, then you're going to probably show up for most of them. You're going to get all the good stuff. And at the end of it, 
hopefully you hear God a little bit more clearly in your day-to-day life. And we think about prayer as this, communicate, this conversation that we're supposed to be having with God. Uh, then all of a sudden, some of the things that Paul talks about makes a lot of sense. What Paul talks about in 1 Thessalonians, everyone's favorite memory verse in Sunday school. Never stop praying. I can handle that one. I can't say Thessalonians when I'm in grade two, but I can say never stop praying. I got that part. Never stop praying. Pray without ceasing, some of your translations say, but just constantly be in prayer. Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Big or small, no matter what's going on, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. So talk to him. Worship him, thank him for how he is good to you, but also make space for God to talk back. Because it's amazing how often people will go and they'll pray and they'll pray and they'll pray and they'll pray about something. And they're like, I don't experience the peace like Paul talks about. Oh, did you get any instruction? Like the peace comes because God comes to us and he says, hey, you're in this situation. How about you try this? And it's like, oh, that's a good idea. And because it came from God, you feel this peace that it's all going to work out. But we miss that second part so often. Ephesians 6, we just talked about this. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So three times Paul says we should be constantly in prayer. And that makes sense when you consider the fact that you can never be anywhere There's nowhere you can go that God isn't there with you. And I want to take this, the relationship aspect, once again. Let's imagine you spend an entire day with somebody. If you're married, spend an entire day with your spouse. From the moment you wake up to the moment you go to to sleep. If you're not married, you're a close friend or, or a relative or somebody. You spend... When you wake up to go to sleep with that person all day long, they're always glued to your hip, but you don't say a word to them. How well is that going to go over? You're not going to get through the day, you know, if you're married, your spouse isn't going to wait all day to talk to you. Something's going to be said. Probably like, why aren't you talking to me? What did I do? What did you do? Okay, maybe that's just me. But what, like, why is there no communication happening and i think and and i know that we do this to god we go all day without talking to him and he's right there and he wants to talk to you he wants to invest he's invested in your life he wants to see you succeed he wants to see you blessed and so he's right there he's just like "Ah, i want to talk to you and we're not talking to him and we're not or we're not we might be talking to him but we're not letting him talk back and then we get to the end of this, you know, and I, uh, I'm just as guilty as this. I get to some situations, and I'm like, oh, that could have gone so much better. And then I feel the tap, and God's like, yeah, I know. It's, you know, I was trying to help out. I know. I should have been listening. I should have stopped, <laughs> took a breath, and let you have your peace. So why do we struggle with prayer? Why is prayer this thing that we just seem to have a tough time getting a grasp of? Why is prayer so often 
it's intimidating or it's something that we don't want to do on a regular basis or, or what, what is it about prayer that makes it so tough? And I was thinking about this and I think I know, I think I know why we struggle with this so much. Let's say you're a new believer and I'm going to leave that up actually. Let's say you're a new believer and you show up for church your first Sunday morning and this is all new to you. Reading your Bible is new. Um, praying is new. Everything is new. And you're sitting in service and you're singing. Okay, everyone else is singing, so I'm going to sing. And then I'll use our church as the example. I get up and I start praying. And then they take note. I'm like, oh, okay, this is prayer. Okay, I'm watching. And I can get kind of wordy when I pray. And I pray about so many things. I talk about all the details and I cover so many bases. And then I get to the end, and okay, so, so prayer is one-sided, because Pastor Matt did all the talking. He, he didn't stop, and we didn't hear God speak back to him. He did all the talking. He, ta- he prayed about a lot of things. Uh, he used a whole bunch of words that I don't even know the definition of. Um, can, can I pray too short? Can I pray too long? Can I say the wrong thing? Can I say the right thing? Can I, can I pray about the wrong Like, all of a sudden, there's this unrealistic expectation of what prayer is because this becomes the only example they have. Prayer looks very one-sided. Prayer looks very put together. It's not. I don't pre-write my prayers. It's just kind of whatever comes out. Roll the dice. Hopefully it comes out good. Um, and then... If you're never a disciple, if so, no one comes along and teaches you a better way to pray, then this is the only example you have. And so you go home, and you get to your, pro- your quiet spot, or, or you, know, you go to pray for your meal, and you're praying for like, your neighbors, and everyone's just like, I just want to eat. Like, and prayer becomes this big, intimidating thing. And then someone comes to you at church and says, hey, can you pray for me? <laughs> no. I don't want to pray out loud. I don't want to pray in public. What if I say the wrong thing? What if I mess up? What if I make a mistake? All of a sudden, prayer becomes unreachable. It becomes unattainable. Because we have this expectation that you need to, you almost have to preach a sermon in order to pray well. That's not what prayer is at all. So the question is, is how... Well, what is prayer then? If, if, if it's, if what do I do on Sunday morning isn't prayer. What is prayer? I go to Matthew 6. Jesus has some really great teaching on prayer. Starting in verse 5, it says, When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your father, who sees everything, will reward you. So Jesus is talking about those that just love to pray and love to get all the attention. And he's like, no, 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 that's not, when you pray, that's not how you're supposed to do it. When you pray, you go to a quiet spot where there's no distractions. You turn off your phone, you turn off your tablet, you turn off the Alexa, you turn off everything. You get to this quiet spot and you just talk to God. Because what God sees in private will reward and when you pray, don't babble on and on like Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask. So Jesus' own teaching is that instead of 
having these long, elegant prayers, have nice short prayers, get to the point because God already knows all the details. How often have you found yourself praying about a situation or praying for somebody and you're laying out all the details like God doesn't know? Oh, oh, that's going on? Oh, I had no idea. I better take a note of that. Like God already knows. I just stopped doing it. God, you know what's going on. Just do your thing. Like that's basically what we need to pray. But we need to believe that God's actually going to do what he says he's going to do. I had, I'm going to give him credit. Um, I was talking to a good buddy of mine, Josh Wyatt. He's the pastor in Beer. And he was talking about Jesus healing. You guys ever notice how Jesus prays for healing for somebody? You know how long and elegant and like well-versed Jesus is? No. You know what Jesus did? He takes dirt. He spits in it. Turns it into mud. Wipes on the guy's eyes and says, be healed. Oh, I can handle that prayer. I don't know about the mud part. That's weird. But, you know, you're you, Jesus. You, you know what you're doing. But I can handle be healed. Even Peter and John, one of two of Jesus' closest disciples, walk up to the temple to a guy who's lame. And they don't like the thing I offer. Here we go. And they pray for the next hour till he decides he gets bored and stands up on his own. What do they do? They walk up, grab him by the hand, and say, get up in the name of Jesus. That could have gone really bad. Get up. Boom. Now these people are talking about Jesus, and they beat up on lame people. That's not a good early impression of the Christians. But the faith, the ability to just say, you know what, God, again, God, you know all the situation. You know everything that's going on. You know what needs to be fixed. So guess what? You're getting up. Boom. What does it say? His strength came to his ankles, and a man who had never walked before is dancing into the temple. I can handle short prayers like that. I think we can all handle short prayers like that. Because it's not about the show. We're not trying to get God's attention. I, you know, there's people that use like hallelujah when they're praying, and it's like a prayer flare. Oh, God doesn't look like, oh, someone said hallelujah, I need to listen. No, God's always listening. It doesn't work like that. You just need to open your heart and just be honest. And but how do we get there? Because prayer is still an intimidating thing. How do we talk to a God that we don't see, we can't? We, sometimes we hear and sometimes we can't. How do we know the voice of God? How do we build, grow in this practice? Oh, John, I need noise. <laughs> It's so funny when there's sound. I'll wait till I get the thumbs up. <laughs> you ever seen Crudes? You know what's going on. If you haven't seen Crudes, I'll wait. We'll come back to it. I have an idea. Oh, there we go. There we go. I have an idea. Sometimes I feel like grug. Like I need to like, and I think sometimes people are like, come on, Matt, you'll get there. Just keep. Maybe you need to hit yourself with a rock and you'll get there. I don't know. Anyways, I have an idea. I have an idea 
for growing in our prayer. I have an idea, because one of the things that we talk about lots is that those that are further along in the faith need to be mentoring those who aren't quite so far along. But I say mentoring, and I say discipling, and I say these words, and everyone goes, ah, I can't mentor, I can't disciple, I'm not qualified, I don't have all the answers, neither do I. You still let me do what I do. I don't know everything. Lack of knowledge is not a quali- is, does not disqualify you from mentoring. doesn't disqualify you from discipling. What makes you a good disciple? Experience. Because you have been praying longer than somebody else, you know a thing or two. You're farther along in your walk with Jesus. You know a thing or two. You have something to pass along. So I have an idea to make mentoring in this area a little less intimidating. I have an idea about, like I said earlier, parents so that you can teach your kids to pray and it's not awkward and weird. I was talking to someone the other day, like how doing devotions with your family just seems a little like out of norm. You have to like really force it sometimes. I get it. So what if we could make prayer a less forced, less awkward thing to teach your kids? Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be good? And for those of you that are new and still trying to figure out this whole prayer thing, what if you had an opportunity to sit under somebody for just a few moments and hear them pray, hear their heart, hear their, their passion and what they, their approach to God? What if you could learn from somebody and, and replicate that? The easiest way to grow, the easiest way to learn something is to imitate somebody else doing it. What if? What if there's a way to do this? So I have an idea. We're all going to do it. This is going to be the new norm every Sunday morning, okay? Not at this point. We're going to do this just before I preach moving forward. But I want everyone to stand up. I mean it. Everyone needs to stand up. (laughs) There's activity involved. I want you to stay in your family group, and I want you to find another family group. So if you are married, then take your spouse and find another family. If you have your kids, then you don't worry about the kids. Kids are gone for now. But like in the future, I want you to have your kids with you. So go. Go, go find a family group. Go. This requires motion. <laughs> I'll allow multiple family groups together, okay? Like, if someone's left on their own, you can, you can find somebody else. It's okay. Sure. Scott, just go with Hannah. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next thing I'm going to do, after there's a family, I'm going to put up a slide, and there's things I want you to pray through. Because sometimes one of the things that we struggle with is, what do I pray for? Well, I'm going to give you the things I want you to pray for. And I want you to take some time, and I want you to pray through each of these things. And again, it doesn't have to be fancy, it doesn't have to be, and you don't even have to say all the right things. You just have to pray. And if you're uncomfortable with this, it's okay. Let the person who is comfortable with it pray, pray for a little bit. And slowly but surely, you grow more and more comfortable with it. So here's your prayer points. Red verse, I have special ones in red verse just for you, so... Hopefully Darren can find them. Um, so we're going to start off by praying for our missionaries. This morning I want you to pray for Rod and Kaya over in Estonia. They have border, they're way too close to Russia. They need your prayers. They are a little worried about what's going on over there. For a good reason. 
This morning we're praying for our mayor, Jen Sador, because there's a lot of pressure. Leadership's not easy, so we pray for our mayor. We're praying for the full gospel church in town. They got a new pastor, new season of ministry, and so we're going to pray for them as they transition. This morning, we're praying for our church leadership. I was thinking about Tim with Harvest, and he needs some help. He needs favor in the harvest. Get it all off. I know it's not much, but there's... And then I want you to share a prayer request.